0: Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience, dishing out tips and tricks on mindset, money, marketing, and media for your life and business, and where we talk to women about how they found their sweet spot.
1: Welcome to the Her Sweet Spot Experience. I'm your host, Marcia Guerriere, and on today's episode, we'll be talking with Cordelia Gaffer, the emotions- opener transformation coach i hope i didn't butcher her last name but we're gonna get her in here in just a few moments i can't wait for you guys to speak with her you know how i like to start this show giving you guys a little tips and tricks that i've learned along the way in this entrepreneurial game so today's tip is all about mindset for you and your business and so i say think big and small so oftentimes you hear Think big, look at the big picture, but it's super key and important to also think small. You have to learn to think big and small. You have to go in the same direction with small day-to-day decisions and tasks, actionable things that you could do to help you accomplish those super big goals, right? So once you're on your way, you will most likely have to occupy yourself with little things, which can be tedious, but those are the things and the steps you need to take in order to accomplish big, huge, and amazing things. So yes, think big and play small, if I can say that to you guys. I think you will find that you achieve your goals in probably greater time and with more Uh, excitement because you'll have small accomplishments that you can say you've achieved and you never know. Your big dreams as you navigate your small small little goals will actually, in a lot of cases, change. So again, think big and small. All right now, we're gonna take a quick break and come back with our special guest, Cordelia, the emotions opener transformation coach. Be right
0: back. Her Sweet Spot is an online community for women influencers, leaders, and small business owners that offer coaching, education, resources, and networking opportunities for those looking to start or grow a business. We are the go-to incubator for success-driven solo CEOs who need their own team of C-suite coaches. Here's where she will find her sweet spot in mindset, money, marketing, and media. To learn more, visit www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E, spot.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back
1: to the Her Sweet Spot experience, bringing you amazing guests and content in mindset, money, marketing, and media. Get your pens and paper out, because you know, you never know when my guests are going to drop some of those real nuggets and some of those aha moments that you all need to get your life together. So let me tell you a little bit about today's guest. Cordelia Gaffer is the Emotions Opener Transformation Coach, helping female change makers and entrepreneurs to use emotions as a power source so that you can show up in the world true to self. After leaving her corporate career as a controller for an IT startup, she chose to homeschool her children, which involved coordinating activities in the homeschooling community, running Girl Scouts and Boy Scout troops, and much more. Having already had two miscarriages and postpartum depression, juggling a family and high-pressure career, she was ready to restructure her life in a way which allowed her true self to emerge. In her refresh phase, she emerged as an author sharing her guide on how to get started with workout around my day in community workshops, and eventually as a coach, the transformation coach that she is today. And I'm super duper excited to speak with Cordelia. Cordelia, hello. How are you?
2: Hello, Marsha. I'm doing well. Wow. That, that's a really great intro. <laughs> you make it sound so much more fun. <laughs> it is all yours.
1: It is you and all the amazing things. And mind you, like I said, um, I shortened it because I want to be able to have an open dialogue and talk to everyone about everything that you've been through along your journey to being this amazing, well-accomplished transformation coach. So there is so much more that everyone listening will learn and should learn about you. And I'm excited to talk to you today. So thank you again for joining me on today's show. My pleasure. So did I say your last name right?
2: Um, that is a variation of the pronunciation, but it's actually Ghaffar. Um, I, I want to tell you a short story about that. Um, so my husband's from Bangladesh, okay? Okay. And um, this name is actually an Arabic name. Okay. So it should actually be spelled G-H-A-F-F-A-R because there's not really a letter for that in English, but it's Gafar, right? Right. But we take off the H, <laughs> and right. so now it looks like, it, you know, it's usually pronounced gaffer by Americans, so, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, we share the same problem. My last name is Guerriere. They don't know whether it's French or Spanish, and, you know, so I understand. But I feel like if they left the H in, I'd probably say it better. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I think so, but gaffar. And yeah. I love it. Well, <laughs> anyway, I wanted, I do want to start, as I said, uh, you know, there is so much that we can learn from you, and I really would love for you to just share um, who you are beyond the the short sound bite that I just gave and tell everyone a little bit more about you.
2: Yeah, you know i I, I appreciate that question because when I think about it, my journey really started even before I had kids um, with having to be, you know, really pull it in and and find times to self-nurture because um, I'm the youngest of four and my parents were advanced in age. So like when I was 24, my dad was 85 Wow. and yeah, (laughs) my mom was uh, in her late 60s. So they were, you know, I was actually taking care of them while I worked full time and I was going to school in the evenings and I lived at home to take care of my aging Parents and um, so they ended up dying in consecutive years when I was 24 and 25. And um, during that period, I felt really lost. And the only thing that really saved me was making sure that you know all the things that they taught me. My in my mom's case, it was about you know self-compassion, self-forgiveness. In my dad's case, it was more about self-confidence and self-belief. Mm-hmm. That I was doing everything in every moment to be present and making sure that I was staying true to myself and the way they raised me.
1: That's awesome and very insightful. So what I take away from that is that you had to go through your own transformations at different times of your life, which is all about balancing and rebalancing and harmonizing your life at different stages, right? Right. So Absolutely. I'm sure um the transformation and what you had to experience was vastly different from when you became a mom and and you know, sort of the some of the things that I talked about going through transition, um, working in corporate America. So that's really insightful information that you just shared with everyone listening. That's awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah. So, um, but anyway, fast forwarding into where we pick up uh, with motherhood and leaving corporate America, um, you know, I just saw that same cycle of needing to self-nurture um, playing out all through my my life. And then with the other women that I met, because, you know, like when you're in corporate, you you don't have to really have deep or close relationships. But when you're, you know, organizing things, especially like in a homeschooling community where it's all about creating curriculum and enriching educational experiences for your children collectively. Right. And you get to know people the way. <laughs> Cause it's really like- personal to you guys. It's real. It's something I, my, my
1: current boss um, has and him and his wife has homeschooled. I think they're up to baby kid number five. And they've wow. been homeschooling for, for many, many years. And so, yeah, it, it's, it's a really personal experience
2: to go through, I'm sure. It is 100%. And consistently what I saw was the same thing I saw with my children, right? So when you're, when you're studying the different learning styles, like in every single text, even if it's just a sentence or a paragraph, like every book has something about the emotional well being of the child de- really determines how much, um, h- how well the child will perform educationally or academically, right? Right. So, when I'm dealing with the other mothers and I'm actually seeing the mothers experience meltdowns the way that my children do, I'm realizing that okay, so what happens is we don't really, um, evolve emotionally because it's not built into obviously the public school curriculum right Mm -hmm. and in order you know we're we're actually by default when you choose to homeschool your your children you have to kind of be that emotional um, mirror for them so when I saw myself and the other mothers and I saw myself in my kids I was like okay how do I grow up (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know so um and um and that's how i really fell into this quite accidentally on focusing always on my own emotional well-being because that was part of my system of self-nurturing right. and so that i could be the mirror for my children and then help out the other mothers who are supposed to be you know my support system in the community and so um like all these years later it's, you know, cause I'm still homeschooling. I have, uh, four more, I have one more graduating this year. One graduated a couple of years ago. Um, but so I've been homeschooling for like 15 or 16 years now, Wow. but, um, yeah, it's a long time, but, um, what, what it's really evolved to is this, uh, replenish me program where I'm actually reprogramming the stages of, um, childhood, you know?
1: Wow. That yeah. is fascinating and interesting. But can you take me uh, just a step back some and talk about your time in corporate? How long were you in corporate America, and, and the journey that you took to say, "Okay, enough is enough"?
2: <laughs> right. So I let's see. I went to school. I went to college at seventeen, but I left at nineteen to take care of my kid and my parents, and then. Um, so I started in corporate at a uh, at a banking headquarters uh, at 19, and I worked for about four years. And then around 22, I went back to college, and I transitioned to law firms. And um, and then as I was approaching the end of uh, getting my accounting degree, I started working for an accounting firm, and then finally landed. A position straight out of um, the accounting firm into the IT startup. Yeah. So it was, um, I left corporate, I was there about 11 or 12 years altogether. Great. So
1: many of our listeners are dualpreneurs, as they say, parapreneurs, where they are working full-time and working uh, their their own side hustles full-time and or part-time. And so I know they, they, want to relate to people on the level of I'm ready to leave uh, corporate America. But you, you had circumstances that, that led you to leave. And so, and then you, you built a business around that after. So initially when you left, you left because of the, um, toxic environment in corporate America, um, to homeschool. Did you see it as a business? How did you go into, um, the, the journey of homeschooling your kids?
2: That's a really good question. So the part that I skip is like when I first um, started homeschooling, I was doing still like um, some bookkeeping part-time and Mm -hmm. here and there I would take like um, a client who was starting their business to help them set up and choose whether or not they should be S corp or LLC. Okay. Yeah. So, but um, like after my third child was about 18 months, I was like, okay, it's, I'm going to have to find something else that's good for me, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But uh, I guess, let's see. Interestingly enough, right around when I had my fifth child, I started revisiting working again. And this time um, it was in the form of writing. So I started a blog and I liked it so much. And I thought, you know, I researched so much to put into these articles. Let me see if I can get published in some parenting magazines. Mm-hmm. So then I was also, so that that was about 10 years ago when I started uh, writing for parenting magazines online. How awesome. Did, did you think of that? So going
1: back into what you consider working for someone else, uh, it was out of a a passion of yours it wasn't so much out of a need because i do see a lot of entrepreneurs going back into the workforce um, because of a need maybe because the business hasn't scaled the way that they um have hoped but you you went in because you were passionate about writing and and you could marry your passion with earning a little money
2: yes yes
1: Fantastic. So, are you still writing now? Well, we are. We do know that you're still writing because you are a very accomplished author, which I will get into. But I want to learn more about um, being an emotions opener transformation coach. So, as you went on the journey to become a homeschooler and, and really building that um, that activity probably going into it with the mindset of an entrepreneur and really you you have to be right as a mom as someone who already organizes the home but adding homeschooling your house must must have been one of those well fine organized efficient machines no (laughs) (laughs) not so much think again I got five kids girl
2: (laughs) I got I got six kids girl you know but it's like (laughs) God bless you. <laughs> so you know what? I, just to be perfectly clear, that was my epiphany. I did actually get to a point, um, I thought I had mastered it, you know, with my four kids. And I, I did something super crazy, just to your point about having that organized home. Yeah, I actually organized our home library, like the Dewey De- Decimal System, oh, I sure did. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And that will give somebody an emotional breakdown. Because see, just watch a four-year-old try and put that in the right place. So, oh my <laughs> Look, I, 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 I ha- I'm a recovering OCD person, so I completely, I, I, I completely understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you got jokes. This is fun. <laughs> um, no, that that's like really a common misconception. Um, I, I actually lean more unschooling. And it doesn't mean that I don't use books or anything like that, but it's really child-led curriculum. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we do use lots of books. We use all kinds of resources. So um, what was your question? Look, you had me laughing so much I forgot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just trying to get into the mind. Uh, or the transition phase that you, you, um, went into. Cause I, I see so many facets of your whole existence as, as being this huge mogul and entrepreneur giant. And I just, I think it's fascinating and, you know, I'm just trying to learn more.
2: Yeah. So, you know, I, I would say that I I never really liked corporate, you know, and I was always trying to uh, think outside of the box, even when I was in corporate. Definitely, when I brought it home and I was, you know, controlling <laughs> my house, I, um, I, I definitely looked at it from the perspective of each one of these children is going to be an expert in their particular area. And then I can delegate certain tasks according to their expertise and increase them in that. So that was my viewpoint with the homeschooling. That was, you know, um, like I I always say, it goes back to um, making sure that they were emotionally sound and making them, you know, feel within themselves that they had the esteem and they saw themselves as experts the way I did you know so I had like one who was like awesome at math another one that was awesome at writing another one that was really good at reading and so just to I would just like pull them in like okay look can you help you know child number one I'm not going to give their names <laughs> you know would you help child number one with their math you know they're struggling would you help child number two you know with their reading and um And then I had the the one person that really is really good at writing just by default. They were always like, okay, come on, everybody sit down. We have to write our book reports right now. Here's a pen and a paper. And this is where you have to start, you know, like they would do that on their own. Right. Um, And when, you know, I'm bouncing around my life. (laughs) So when it came to, Um, coaching women later, right? I started out with that guy to uh, get started with workout around my day. I did workshops in local mosque, right? Mm -hmm. And in those workshops, I kind of conducted it the same way I did with my homeschooling. And while the women were there, workout around my day, by the way, is a play on words, right? So you can fit in I did five workouts around the five daily prayers, right? Obviously they were only like 10 or 15 minutes each. Right. Um, And then it's working in how you can take care of yourself. So I would take two or three minutes um, at least four or five times a day to just like center myself. It didn't, it wasn't anything big. Sometimes it was crying. Sometimes it was writing. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it was, you know, and um so in those workshops, women were actually coming for the purpose of learning how to do workouts and eat right, right. but none of them could stick to it because there was something emotional underneath it all. And that's, that, that kept playing out over the years. And finally, after three years of doing that, it occurred to me, you know what? They don't need a meal plan. <laughs> they need no. some emotional you know, coping skills, some emotional mastery. So.
1: It's, a, it's absolutely um, when you do the work, like I said earlier in my in my tip of the day, you your big goal may start off in one way or your vision or like you you know your purpose was at that time to talk about you know fitting in healthy lifestyle and then it incorporated into something else. I think I want to talk more about your book, your podcast, what are you doing today, and learn more about emotions, how to open up our emotions. (laughs) Um, So let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Her week Spot Experience. We are here with our guest, Cordelia. So let's get right back into it. And before we left, we were talking about your, your first book, How to Get Started with Workout Around My Day. And it is more centered around, um, tell us more about the book again. And how did it? Uh, the, the topic you started mentioning, how you went into it, with one idea. And after years of taking the book and using it in live workshops, it evolved into something greater. How how were women re- receiving the work that you were doing?
2: Yeah. So um, in the beginning, I wrote that book simply. Um, this was out of conversations I'd had over the years. And it was also based on the blog. The book came directly from my blog that I had been keeping for five years and women, um, you know, these mothers that I'd been working with in the homeschooling community had been like, Oh, you know, you're always showing up. So full of energy and joyful, and you don't ever seem to change the size no matter how many kids you have. And so I, you know, I would try and tell them what I'm doing. They said, Oh, put it in a book. So that's what that was. And that's what the work um, shops were about they were you know how to um, maintain a healthy lifestyle and um, mindset, even you know through through motherhood uh, because I had really divorced myself from being ex corporate at that point right and um, so after doing those workshops i guess in uh, in two thousand and sixteen um, I had joined a, ma- a local mastermind and um, I, had, I had also been coaching women. I had upgraded you know, my workshops to, to also taking private coaching clients and they would ask, um, could you add recipes in there and what about BMI and stuff like that? So I redid the book um, and the second version of that is called Work Around My Day, The Only Health Guide that mom's need. And that came out in November, 2016. So leading up to that launch, um, one of my mastermind mates had asked me to speak at her conference as a panelist. And then at that conference, someone else asked me to speak at their conference. So I started then speaking on stages and I um, started working with a different demographic. right? Right. So now I was working more with entrepreneurs. And like you said, what did you call them like parapreneurs the <laughs> or or entrepreneurs yeah.
1: the women working working and eh, working eh, for corporate and side hustles, yeah,
2: right, so as my demographic changed, then um I started having you know different questions come up in my coaching, and that's when the emotional mastery piece really became apparent mm-hmm. and um so I did some co-author books um one was the art of unlearning where uh, you know let's just be honest one uh, reoccurring theme in my coaching came up with toxic relationships not at work either right? right personal toxic relationships and so that my chapter was focused on that and then the opportunity just to write in america's leading ladies where i spoke solely about grief again you see emotions right so right in your personal relationships, dealing with grief. I apologize for my neighbors who are blasting music outside my door right now. No, we can't even hear (laughs) it. Oh, good. (laughs) (laughs) And then, um, so I guess when I was speaking at a retreat in Bali, that's when it really occurred to me um, that emotional mastery is really above and beyond everything else. and How do we reprogram and cope better and train people to to treat us um, the way we want to be treated? And what came up was we're not showing up as our true self. Remember, I was talking about mirroring before. So if you're not showing up as your true self, then people are going to show you, uh, treat you the way you show up.
1: Right. I say that all the time. We, we, We tell people how to treat us.
2: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And, um, yeah, so that's, that's when I started. So I'd have to say really like just these past two years, I've been diving deeper and deeper. And I, I came up with this concept, um what was I calling it originally? It was like emotional release workshop. And I just tried it. Like when I came back from Bali and I'm like, we're going to do this emotional release workshop. And for the first time ever, instead of worrying about like form and that kind of body movement, we were actually dancing. And, um, you know, so my, I have a Caribbean background, so I like. Tell me where from, huh? Where from? Barbados. Nice.
1: I love Barbados. Been there many times.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I was bringing the um, soca music into it so that we could move our hips because for all those people out there who are familiar with the chakras, that is our root chakra and that opens up the rest of the story you know all the repression and everything all the guilt and the shame so Mm -hmm. just you know without teaching or talking about any of that stuff we're just actually moving our hips and women were like crying they were like oh my god like i forgot how to do that or i had lost touch with my body or you know just the things that were coming out of those sessions you know
1: I could imagine it being very emotional. I think listening to uh, Caribbean music, I'm from Haiti. Uh, my yeah. family's from Haiti, I should say. I think it is very, it can be very spiritual. It can be, you know, the rhythmic sounds and beats. So I could imagine that would be a pretty awesome and exciting experience, combining it with what you're teaching. I was going to ask you earlier, <clears throat> how has being an author, helps your business. And you kind of sort of reverse engineered a lot (laughs) of the things that I see authors are doing. Yes, they become an author, you know, they, they write the book after becoming an authority and you've kind of blossomed into the authority of the emotional healer, the, the, the transformation coach through your books and uh, all the chapters Evolving into different segments, yet still all having to do, like, the, like you said, with, with, with the underlying same thing, which is dealing with emotions in different phases, right? Yeah. I, think, I think that's phenomenal. Uh, we have so many listeners that want to be authors. What advice would you give someone who is an entrepreneur <laughs> and they're, they're saying, Well, I can't write a book? Because I think I encourage every one of my clients to spend some time writing a book. And I've produced three anthologies where I've um, been able to help uh, several women become published authors. W- what advice would you give to
2: someone in business that believe they can't, they can't write a book? Well, first of all, congratulations on your three anthologies. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, second of all, if you write, a fa- if you write uh, any kind of social media content you're, You're writing right. a book. <laughs> right. You're writing. Hello. Yes. Agreed. I'm just saying, like, if, if you if you even post, like, w- what would it be? Like, if if you post, maybe uh,
1: daily you know, questions even. or just advice, tips. I'm yeah, just
2: so many things. Yeah, there, because there's so many ways to do this. I have people. I have uh, people in my network who have written these books, and it's just 30 days to overcoming grief. And what was it? They post it for 30 days on social media, collected that, and published it in a book. Great you know? content, absolutely.
1: Absolutely.
2: Yeah. So that, I mean, that, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but that, that's how simplistic it is. You know, we, we overthink things is what I see women do a lot. And it's really just not that deep. Um, if, if you talk for, what is If you talk for 10 minutes in a voice memo, that is, I think they say was it, about 10,000 words or something like that. So like, if you, if you kept a voice memo for, you know, like if you just did that for, I don't know, a month, and then you got it transcribed, that's a book. Um, people,
1: people lose sight of something like transcribing is so accessible to everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. Especially with technology.
1: Yes. It, it, you have your phone as your recorder and there's so many softwares out there that now transcribe and apps and yeah, it's so, it's so easy. Um, so some of the women you work with, what are some of the transformations you see, especially because you've move, moved on to working with entrepreneurs now, I'm sure they come to you and maybe you do a little business coaching or they come to you cause they want that. And then you open up, this whole emotional aspect to what they're dealing with. Maybe it's productivity. How, um, how do you help women get over some of the roadblocks and challenges of being a solopreneur?
2: Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting because a lot of women that I work with, they have big hearts. So they, most of them will come to me because they're starting a nonprofit organization. Okay. But over time... They see how it can be for profit and it's okay to make money. <laughs> you know, it's okay to do that. So that's oh my God, the- I can't tell you how many <laughs> of
1: my clients that come to me and say, well, I want to start a nonprofit because I want to help. And I want, I want to do this particular thing. And I said, so why a nonprofit? And, and not that I try to steer people away from it, uh, of being a do-gooder and doing well. But, um, there are some things that, like you said, those blockages that, People think it's, it's bad to make money while helping and impacting the world. You shouldn't make money.
2: <laughs> yeah. Put your oxygen mask on first because like, you know, you can't, you're not, you, you're not Mother Teresa, right? She's representing, the, well, she was representing the Catholic church. So she had a funding, you know, she had someone funding what she was doing. Correct. So if <laughs> you, you need to make money, Right. And then you can give back. You can also give back while you're making money, but you gotta make money first. So that is one of the transformations. Another one is like, because they're so um, in the pattern of caring about everybody else first. And I have to say, like for our generation, well, I don't know how old you are, but like, you know, for people that were born in the sixties and seventies, we were kind of raised that way, right? That it doesn't really matter, just suck it up and take care of everybody else, right? Yes. Um, So just reprogramming them to care more about themselves, and it's okay. Uh, One lady, she was not sleeping at night, and it wasn't because her mind was racing consciously. Her mind was racing unconsciously to the point that she was uh, balling up her fist Mm -hmm. and grinding her teeth in her sleep and it prevented her from sleeping well. Wow. So now she no longer grinds her teeth and she doesn't, you know, um, ball up her fists and she gets six real good hours of sleep every night. Wow. As opposed to four bumpy hours.
1: (laughs) 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 What advice would you give to women who may be listening that need to slow down, and replenish themselves. What, what are some of the steps they, other than contacting you, and I want you to share your, all your information, because if you're out there and you're struggling, um, I do want you to reach out to Cordelia and see how she can help you uh, replenish yourself. So what, what advice would you give to women? What are some steps they could take?
2: You know, there's a quote I came up with quite by accident um, a couple of years ago, and it's, you are a creator of elevated opportunity. That stands for CEO. So the step one is recognize that you are the creator, right? Right. Of each moment and how you feel in that moment of elevated opportunity, right? So you can elevate that because everything does not require your response. Mm.
1: Say that again for everyone in the back. (laughs) Everyone, everything.
2: Does not require a response. It doesn't. Because you see, people are out here projecting. You don't have to actively listen. (laughs) You don't have to um, accept it. And you don't have to respond to it. And this is your opportunity to take or leave that information.
1: I love that, and, and that's so key to, to people being coachable too. I think um, when working with a coach who wants to help you, sometimes you 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 really have to decipher some of the information that you're you are getting. And I work with a coach, and and I tell her all the time, okay, I, I'm gonna choose not to accept. <laughs> 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 yes and you know the the purpose is to really be coachable and to really um, do the work it's important to do the work but sometimes it may not align with you and that's okay yeah
2: 100 percent i so, that, yeah, so that's the advice,
1: the advice. <laughs> <laughs> i i appreciate you so much for talking with us today tell us um any advice on rebuilding mindset, how, how can, tell us how they can get to you, where we can find you, um, where we can find your books.
2: Yeah. So, um, first and foremost, I want to invite you, if you are between New York or Washington DC, February 9th, I have an event called the replenish me live where you can experience, um, the four steps of replenish me, which is release, restructure, refresh, and rebirth. Um, it'll be a one day conference right here in Washington, DC. And you can find that on my website, which is Cordelia Gaffar, G-A-F-F-A-R.com. And, um, also I invite you to, to join my free Facebook group, which of course is called replenish me group. So, um, And it's really great and fun in there. We have a a great group of women and every day has a theme. Today's Wednesday, which is what I desire Wednesday. What I desire. Awesome.
1: Do you have a YouTube channel? I do. I have a YouTube channel. YouTube channel. What what should we expect and look
2: for on your channel? My YouTube channel is also Cordelia Gaffar, but I believe it also has W-O-A-M-D for workout around my day. So I have different playlists there. I have a podcast, which is called Free to Be. Um, my previous podcast is called Replenish Me. So you'll see both of those playlists there. Um, you'll see a playlist for stress uh, tips, one specific to emotions. and. Um, this is really a platform that i I created just for for anybody you know to go to i've actually had men reach out to me and say we need this you know to just um i have a really great one called how to handle anger or how i control my anger um and there's another one there talking about what's your glue and It's my personal values and it spells out resin.
1: That's pretty awesome. Super awesome time for us to take a quick break for our Her Sweet Spot Mindful Moments with Natasha Nurse. Guys, take a listen to this. We'll be right back with more with
0: Cordelia. Here is your mindful moment.
3: Welcome to the next Mindful Moment with me, Natasha Nurse, your innovation coach with her sweet spot, and the content creator behind Dressing Roommate. Today, we're talking about four ways to boost your confidence. So first, choose to be confident. Everything in life is a choice. If you follow the law of attraction, you know this and live this as your truth. You can easily choose to be confident as you can easily choose to not feel confident. Confidence is a choice. It's a daily journey that you go on with yourself But if you want to be confident, you first have to step into the presence of, I want to be confident, I am feeling confident, and then you can make decisions and live out a confident life. Next, create a personalized confidence daily boost regimen for yourself. What do I mean by this? There are things that we do in life that make us feel more confident. So whether it is dressing a certain way, whether it is working out, whether it is reading certain content, spending time with people, listening to things are things that boost your confidence that make you feel more capable and more beautiful and more energized in your life, then you've got to have that set in your schedule as a daily confidence boost time so that you can feel confident each and every day. We, like anything else in life, confidence is a journey, but it requires work. So you've got to put in the time and put in the effort to feel confident, to feel capable, to feel beautiful. Next, eliminate people and activities that reduce your confidence. So whether it's TV shows, whether it's magazines, whether it's people in your family, people who you've been friends with just for a very long time, and you just, you can't kind of get get the the courage to say, you know what, this person makes me feel bad, I'm, I'm done. Guess what? If you never eliminate those people and activities out of your life that are reducing your confidence, then you're always going to struggle with your confidence. So if you are tired, you are ready for a new way of feeling and living in your life, then you are ready to get started today and saying no. Say no to these people, say no to these situations that bring you down, and tell them exactly why you will not be tolerating this in your life anymore. You deserve to feel as confident, as beautiful, as capable, as amazing as you really are. All right, so let's recap. What are the four ways to boost your confidence? Choose to be confident is one. Setting the choice and and setting the intention to be confident is half the battle. Next. Create a personalized confidence daily boost regimen for yourself so that that journey is a lot easier because you're spending the time and putting in the work each and every day. Eliminate the people and activities that reduce your confidence and say no to these same people or these same situations that are bringing you down. Standing up for yourself is one of the best ways to feel confident and to feel like you are more than enough and that you don't have to apologize for being yourself Because you are amazing just the way that you are. Now, this concludes this mindful moment with your Her Her Sweet Spot Innovation Coach, Natasha Nurse. If you want to connect with me, learn more about my platform, visit dressingroomthenumber 8com This was brought to you by Her Sweet Spot Experience, the podcast that will change your life and business in ways you can't even imagine. Subscribe and follow at hersweetspot.com.
1: welcome back i hope you enjoyed today's mindful moment brought to you by her sweet spot your strategic partners for your business cordelia it's been super awesome talking to you and getting to know more about you and how you're helping women um, get unstuck and unblocked through emotional um, opening And transformation coaching, and through your books, it's it's really um, insightful. Some of the things you said today have been like my ahas and ding ding dings. (laughs) (laughs) I appreciate you. Now, I I want to uh, go over the segment I call "In the News," where I bring up an article that I read online, um, and I want to get your feedback. So, are you ready? I'm ready. Awesome. So today's in the news article comes from sourcesofinsight.com and they are sharing with us 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength. Emotion number one, love and warmth. They say love and warmth is emotions that we should really look for um, helping us kind of connect with other people, right? What do you think? It's hard to stay cold when you're practicing warmth and your warmth rubs off on other people and you get more of what you give in a karma kind of way. What do you think about love and warmth?
2: You know my my uh word of the year is love, right?
1: <laughs> is it really Oh, I love that.
2: <laughs> so, I agree. I I you know, I I fully believe that we vibrate and radiate um exactly uh who we want to come to us and and how we feel about ourselves and inside, so definitely.
1: Awesome. Number 2 on the 10 Emotions of Power, Um, according to sources of insight.com, is appreciation and gratitude. The article says, we often don't know what we've got until it's gone. So true. Don't let the chance to feel the full power of what you already have slip through your fingers. Is that something you agree to?
2: Yes and no. Um appreciation and gratitude I feel is a ramp up for a lot of people because Mm -hmm. they haven't mastered love. Wow. Yeah.
1: So So. true for the many men out there listening.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and women too, to be fair, you know, absolutely
1: to be fair. We (laughs) must say women too, (laughs) the two way street. All right, I get it. I get it. So, number three <clears throat> in an article found on sourcesofinsight.com of 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength is curiosity. Cultivating your curiosity breathes new life into old things, and you can turn the ordinary into extraordinary. How does curiosity play into the emotion work that you do?
2: Yeah, I totally agree with that. I always say to um, approach life with the curiosity of a five-year-old, but with the wisdom that you have now.
1: Mm. I like that, and having a five-year-old right now around my house, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. That's why I say it. You know, <laughs> you are absolutely right. Ask questions. Ask questions. <laughs> All right now, number four on the, t- on the 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength, according to sourcesofinsight.com is excitement and passion. Uh, the article says, Do you remember a time in your life when you sprang out of bed or your days were full of zest? Can you can you can choose to live? with passion and purpose, and you can cultivate excitement in your daily routines and experiences. I agree. Yeah, I agree. If you act like a five-year-old, yeah. That's right. <laughs> okay. Sometimes, you know, I was born in the 70s, Cornelia. <laughs> you asked earlier. So yes, yeah, <laughs> I know. So sometimes you can't spring out of bed quick, But yes, my excitement and passion for the day um, is usually always there. And I say, usually. <laughs> you know, you never know dealing with a five-year-old that doesn't want to wake up. <laughs> I know. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like they went to work the day before, but anyway, <laughs> uh, 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strengths. According to source of insight.com number five is determination. The power of determination will get you over the humps and hurdles of your day and it will see you through your most amazing challenges. I think that's true, but I think it takes practice to have that determination.
2: Yeah, I, I think that goes back to number one, you have to love
1: mm-hmm.
2: what it is that you're about. Yeah. Um and and if you if you don't, then you're just not gonna, you know. You're
1: you're so right. In one of my webinars that I teach um, about the um, CEO mindset and what sets entrepreneurs, apart, you know, successful entrepreneurs apart from us that, not us, but those that do not succeed is their love and passion and determination, right? And yes. because they love what they do so much, they're determined to make it work. Um, As a person that's still in corporate America, I always say and I always remind people, you know, that boss of yours that has the worst ideas and you're just like, but I don't think it's going to work. But they're like, no, it's going to work. Hey, they're they're the ones making the big bucks because they had that determination and that love and passion. So I agree. All right, number six of 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength, according to sourcesofinsight.com, is flexibility. Flexibility is freedom. Flexibility is the key to rolling with the punches, bouncing back from setbacks, and rising above your circumstances.
2: 100%. Yeah, just, um, yeah, just go with the flow. And that's why we, we're, so many of us
1: are becoming entrepreneurs for that flexibility and freedom, right? But you also have to be able to roll with the punches and take the setbacks, learn from them, and move on. Agree. Number seven of the 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength, according to sources of Inside.com, is Confidence. What if you could feel unstoppable on a daily basis? Imagine how great your day would be if you were teeming with confidence. When your confidence flows, your power shows. It shows in how you walk and how you talk. Your confidence will help you operate at a higher level and will put new opportunities or possibilities within your grasp. I
2: so agree. I agree. But you know, confidence, like they said, <clears throat> it has to do with the language, right? So what is it that you're telling yourself? So, mm-hmm. you know, again, yeah. But I think something you, you have to affirm
1: confidence. It's not, mm-hmm. you know, some people they may seem like natural, confident people, naturally confident people. People say that about me all the time, but when I see why. <laughs> I have to practice. You know, it, it, it's when I get into the comfort of my home, all of that just ooh, <laughs> it like deflates, and I have to I have to center myself, and sometimes I have to put the confidence on pause, <laughs> especially, especially when you have a five year old who thinks he's the smartest kid or the person, like they're smarter than you. <laughs> It's, it really is something that I do have to practice and I use different things to do that affirmations, you know, prayer, my faith, all those things help with building and, and maintaining confidence. Yes. So number eight, number eight of the 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength is cheerfulness. (laughs) and getting your grumpy on takes your power away but cultivating your cheerfulness brings a sense of play to your day
2: hello can we be more cheerful right now i think so you know it's like leaning into cheerfulness we always lean into what's going wrong but we never lean into our happy you know right yeah. It it
1: is again another one of those things
2: that I turn on and off
1: and <laughs> practice. Um, you, you probably won't believe it because I'm so cheerfully bubbly when I get on, on these calls, but but I'm always excited to learn from my guests. So it makes me cheerful just talking to uh women of power and strength like you. And I think it rubs off again. We we said that earlier. So I think that is so true. Number nine of the 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength, according to sources of insight.com, is vitality, mm-hmm. right? Hello. Yes. Uh, amen. You, <laughs> running around here with six kids, you've got to have vitality. What if you could feel strong all day long? A sense of vitality can lift you to new levels of personal power and radiance. What do you say? How do you, how do you keep that vitality going on in your day-to-day?
2: It's words. It really goes back to language and then, again, the five workouts, you know? Because uh, <laughs> yeah. you, you got to keep moving. Our bodies are meant to move. The minute you sit still and you let your mind um, lean into the miserable stuff, mm-hmm. and it just drains your energy. It's like... Shoo, you know? Yeah.
1: And who you're surrounding yourself by. I I imagine that the children may bring their, their, their struggles, but they, they are full of, like you said, curiosity and zest and they, they really help in that way to help you stay positive. I'm sure.
2: Yep. If I hung out with adults all day, well, not, that's not true. The adults that I hang out with You know, they're cool people like you, Marsha, but, um, (laughs) but you know, um, hanging out with my kids and the the certain group of adults, it does certainly keep me up. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And finally, number 10 of the 10 emotions to master for power, passion, and strength, according to source sources of insight.com is contribution. When we have a sense of contribution we amplify our feelings of empowerment as well as our feelings of fulfillment connecting to the greater good brings with it a powerful sense of abundance i couldn't agree more with contributing to the impact of um great things on on this planet what do you think
2: i agree you know that that's the other part when we were talking about how we help our clients definitely you know giving back to the community um just makes you feel i I know for me on a weekly basis you know like okay i made some money i can donate here and i can donate my time there you know right It, it feels good it's like i've really achieved something it's like better than seeing your bank account grow so yeah
1: yeah i i totally believe that and what are some lasting words you have for our listeners on cultivating a powerful emotions?
2: On cultivating powerful emotions. Just remember that your emotions are a source of power. They're not uh, a source of judgment or, shame or guilt it is a gift especially for women to to express their emotions in a curious way and um in a powerful way because it's the expression of who we are on a spiritual level you know we we have the distinct honor of being the representative of of spirituality, and not the way that we've been taught, right? Mm-hmm. In our religious institutions, but in the the way that um, the representation of anger is really a wisdom. It's like that means this thing means a lot to you, so you need to take a minute and pause and breathe into that, because your emotions only really last ninety seconds. Mm-hmm. Ground yourself and then pull out the wisdom and share what is important from feeling that way.
1: That is so awesome. Thank you, God. Thank you again so much for being on our show. And I thank you all out there for listening today. Send us a comment, follow Cordelia online, and take a listen to her podcast, which you can find. On, through her website, cordeliagaffer.com, And you know what I like to say. Until next time, remember, when we empower each other, we all rise.
0: Bye-bye for now. Thanks for joining us this week on the Her Sweet Spot Experience. Make sure to visit our website, www.hersweetspot.com. That's her, S-U-I-T-E spot.com, where you can become a member of our growing community and get great content for your life and business. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. We are your strategic partners to grow your business.